So Romans chapter 6, we're going to be in verse 12. We're going to read just a few chapters or a few uh, verses. I'm telling you, this thing is tight and it's like squeezing my brain. A few verses together. And uh, we're just going to believe that God is going to be in this place today. And I'm so honored that you would be here. I'm so thankful that your family would be here. And we're just going to believe that God is going to meet us in this place today. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. Awesome. This is what the word of God has to say. In Romans chapter 6, verses 12, it says this. It says, do not let sin control the way that you live. And do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. No part of your body, right? Not one part of your body. Instead, somebody say instead. Come on, instead, give yourself completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Watch what it says. I love this so much. Sin no longer is your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law, but instead you live under the freedom of God's grace. Is there anybody thankful in this place for the grace of God that you didn't earn it, that you didn't do anything to be good enough, but yet God's grace and what he did for us on the cross is enough? And guess what? I just believe that our bodies are important. We're going to talk about it today. Again, I'm going to be your PE teacher, and I'm going to take this off my head right now, all right? But I just believe that God is going to speak to us. And I think there's some people that walked in here today. Yeah, you needed this visual of a a, a PE coach coming to you and saying, hey, I see something else in you. I see something different in you than what the world is telling you is okay and what the world is saying go and do. I want to be that for you today. Just for a few minutes, through the power of the Holy Spirit and God's Word, I'm believing that He is going to get glory in this place. We're going to see people walk out of here changed today, all right? So one more time, can we pray? Just open your hands up like you're about to receive something. We're going to receive from the Lord today just a word from Him. God, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. We believe that there may have been people that walked in here physically bound by something, an addiction or a a past or a past relationship. And God, we're just believing by the power of the Holy Spirit that today chains are falling. Today things are going to be different, not because of a service, but because of a Savior. And your name is Jesus. And we will worship you. We will honor you. And we will praise you in this place today. In Jesus' mighty name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, if you love Jesus, one more time, can we make a little bit of noise all across this house? Can we go ahead and have a seat? You can have a seat. You can have a seat. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I love you guys so much. I'm so thankful for you. I think, uh, again, I'm a guy that's a very visual learner, and so you'll see me obviously do some things from time to time because we're in this series called Summer School, right? How many of y'all just would be honest and said you had to go to summer school as a kid? Come on. Anybody in the room? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you remember that or not, what summer school was like. Uh, Summer school was this place that you would go when you didn't get all of your schoolwork done, and guess what? You probably were thinking, man, I wish they'd have taught this during school. Come on, somebody, right? Wish they'd have, and they probably did, okay? You just probably weren't listening, right? Can we call it that? And I think sometimes it's the same thing that happens in the church, right? We wish they would have talked about certain things, and yet I think a lot of times they might have, but they may have never shared the heart behind it. Or maybe what it was is just don't do this, or you should do that. And again, never coming from a place where you would like to understand even a loving God, what he's asking you to do. And so we're going to talk about that today. And today we're going to talk about physical education. Real quick, how many of y'all, PE was your favorite subject in school? Come on, somebody. 
Me, I'm just going to tell you, I love PE. I love math and PE, all right? I remember all of my PE teachers. I remember kickball and dodgeball and all that growing up. Come on, somebody. I loved it so much. That was my jam back in the day, right? And so I, I wanted to take that aspect of this idea of physical education and actually talk to us about it today because I think a lot of times what we don't realize, and I want you to write this down, and we kind of have done this over the last few weeks. Summer school started with us talking about spiritual warfare, and the fact is that it's spiritual, right? That there's an enemy that does not like you. He hates you. He hates your family. He hates your kids. He does not like you at all, and he's coming after you, and he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his mission, but we serve the God who has come to give us life and give us life more abundantly, right? That's what Jesus said he came for. So I want us to understand that. Then last week we talked about money matters, right? This idea that you got to realize that, yes, money is also spiritual, there's this spiritual aspect to the, the, the money side of that because we talked about it even last week. The resources and money and all that Jesus knew would have our heart if we would like go after that. And he spoke about it actually more than he spoke about a lot of other things in the Bible. But you need to understand that money is also spiritual. And then I got to thinking about this week. I know I want to talk a little bit about our physical bodies. And I got to thinking, you know what? Actually, your physical is also spiritual as well. And I want you to think about that. And I want you to write that down. Did you know that the physical actually affects the spiritual? I want you to see that. I want you to understand that because in the beginning, you need to understand that God created the heavens and the earth, right? If we go back to Genesis chapter 1, we go and realize that God created the heavens and the earth. And then he created man and woman in his image, right? Right? We know that. And so what I want you to see is the fact that God is a three-person God. He is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And again, I think for a lot of times we haven't talked about some of those persons of God in church. Well, we, we talk about all three of them here, all three persons of the God that we serve. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But I want you to also know that you were created in the image of God as a three-part person. Like you have a spirit, a soul, and a body. Right? Your spirit is going to live on for forever. Like one of two places. You're either going to spend eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. My thing is, I want you to realize is that your spirit is you that's going to live on. Your soul are those emotions that you have. Right? Your mind, your soul, like those, those kind of things that you have uh, when, you, when it comes to emotions and feelings and all of that kind of thing. And then you have your body, which is your physical body. How many of us know but, uh, like, like gravity is undefeated and death is undefeated? Come on, somebody, right? That, that our bodies are created, yes, we are created as people in the image of God, but this body is failing. But what I want to try and encourage us with is the fact that how you treat your body actually is affecting the other two parts of you. And I want you to see that. I want you to know that. And so probably what you're thinking about is that, okay, we're going to stand up and we're going to do jumping jacks together. No, we're not going to do that today, right? We're not going to do push-ups and we're not going to do nothing like that. I think a lot of times when we think about the physical, those things are important, right? What you eat, what you take in, you're working out, you're lifting weights, all of that stuff is important to a degree, yes. But here's something I heard a pastor say one time, he says this, it's not about vanity, it's actually about longevity. So, so the deal is, is, again, it's not about just how we look that we need to talk about. That's not what I'm, I'm talking about today. It's actually we're going to talk about how you, listen to me, for the rest of your life are going to be able to share Jesus. Like, But here's the thing. You can't share Jesus with anybody on earth if you did. Come on, somebody, right? So the physical has a place there. we got to talk about it. And again, I'm trying to get you physically fit so that you can serve Jesus spiritually for a long time. 
And even this guy named Paul that we read just a few minutes ago, what we read in Romans chapter 6, he wrote the book of Romans. And he also goes over a chapter and has this same dialogue that's going on that we're probably having here. Like a little bit of a struggle between our bodies and what we want to do and what we shouldn't do, right? So what I want to talk to us about is that. Romans chapter 7, you want to look at that. We're going to talk about it together. But Romans chapter 7, verse 21, Paul is writing and he's telling us, he's saying, hey, I find this law at work. That although I want to do good, come on, is there anybody that wants to do good with your life? Wave at me in the room, come on. I think we all do, right? Paul has this same thing. There's this good person that's in there. I want to do good things. I want to have good thoughts. I want to live a good life. Watch what it says. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Watch what it says. For my inner being, I delight in God's law. Boy, I love the Lord. I love God's law. I love what he has to say. But watch what it says. I see another law at work in me. If you go to another translation of it, you'll find out that that says, In the members of my body, in my body, waging war against the law of my mind. So my body's waging war against my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin that's at work within me, in this body. See, the devil is waging war, as we talked about a few weeks ago. That he's coming after you, and he's affecting your spirit and your soul and your emotions. Again, he can't touch those things if you are a saved, bought-again believer, right? You can't, he can't touch those things, but he can come and try and affect those things, your relationships with God. He's going to try and affect it in a way, and sometimes what he do, does is he wages war with your body. And so what I want to challenge us with, this tells me that the body can really have an impact on the entire rest of you. That your actual physical body can make a difference. Some of you have felt that war. You walked in here today feeling that. You walked in here feeling, I'm, I'm living a life where I want to do good, but man, I'm not. I'm not living the life that I thought I would be. I'm not, I'm not going the way that I really, I, and I really don't like it. And I believe that today is for you. I believe that there may be something that you may be struggling with, you walked in here with, that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you today. And then watch what Paul does. He look, fusses at himself a little bit in just a second. He says this, what a wretched man I am. What a, what a train wreck I am, right? Anybody ever said that about yourself before? Come on, man, what is this life? I'm a train wreck. Who will rescue me from what? This body, right? This body. That like, well, who can rescue me from this body that is subject to death? And watch what he says. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, here's the, one of the greatest preachers, church planners, apostles of all time, Paul. And he sounds a little bit frustrated by this process of his body not doing what his spirit and soul wants to do. And I think that that's something that we can learn from. And so again, as your PE instructor today, as your physical educator today... In my high socks and my uh, sweatbands and my whistle. All right? I want to teach us a few things today, okay? Three things I think we need to cut out of our life. So, again, if you're going to get healthy, there's some things that you got to cut, right? And there's, there's some things you got to do, right? So, we're going we're to talk that today, okay? There's some things I think you got to cut out of your life. And I think there's some things that you got to begin to do in your life. And then you will see your life begin to change. I really believe it. I really do. I'm not just saying that to blow smoke today. I'm serious. If you will begin to cut out some of these things and begin to introduce these things into your life, your life can look different. Everybody good? All right, the first thing I want you to understand are three things that we got to cut. One of those things, and I think, again, this, we're going we're gonna to get pretty, pretty deep together today. That's why I kind of had to make it a little bit lighter how, what I'm wearing. The first thing I think you got to cut, and you may not be able to do it on your own, but is this thing called addiction. 
And I, I don't know that anybody would walk in here today and say, you know what, I'm, a, I'm an addict. I don't know that anybody would. If they, if they do, listen, I'm so glad that you're here. But this definition of addiction is anything that I don't want to do that I keep finding myself doing. That's an addiction. That's an addiction. And I think all of us, if we're just being really honest, we're in this category. All of us face an addiction in some form. We all have some sort of area of our life that basically is telling us how to live our lives, right? Hi, my name is Dustin. Welcome to Purpose Church. I'm an addict. All right, come on, somebody, right? Like, like I think we all could say that, you know what, that, that, that's something I've, I've been in or I've struggled with even now. You, might, you probably wonder, okay, how do I know if I'm addicted? Do you arrange your schedule around it? Like, are you trying to hide it and keep it a secret? Is it isolating you from other people? Do the people say, around you say that you have a problem with it, but you don't see it? And listen, a good question to know if you're addicted or not, whatever it may be, all right, is this idea, can you stop it for the next seven days? And if the answer is no, I'm going I'm to pinpoint a little bit and push in. I think you're addicted to it. I think you're addicted to it. And that's why I just want to start right here, because this could be all kinds of things, right? This could be all kinds of many different things. It could be gambling. It could be overspending. It could be lusting. It could be Amazon priming. Come on, somebody, okay? <clears throat> Some of y'all couldn't last seven days without Amazon priming. You know I'm, I'm speaking the truth right now, all right? So who's, got a, who's addicted to Amazon Prime? Okay, uh, lots of us, right? I, I, okay. I get it, it makes your life easier, but are, are, is there like some sort of like, whoo, like brain that like is infused with a lot of energy whenever that happens? Okay, I want you to think about it. Again, could be pornography, could be alcoholism, could be gossip, could be anything. I just, Dustin, I can't stop. I, 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 can't, I can't go a week without it. And I want to encourage you with this, that if you walked into this place today, I want to let you know that it is okay to not be okay. That is okay that you walked in this place, maybe struggling through your past. But here's the thing. God loves you too much to leave you that way. That he wants to do something in you. And God wants to get involved in that battle. I love what we read at the beginning of the day. Don't let sin control the way that you live, right? I mean, don't let it be a master of anything of you. Like, like don't be addicted to it. Don't give in to these sinful desires. Don't let any part of your body become an instrument. Like, it's just, oh, it's going to happen. We're just going to give in to evil and serve sin. But instead, watch what it says, give yourselves completely to God. Right? Come on, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second, what that looks like. But for some of you, you were dead, but now you have new life. So now use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Watch what he says. Sin is no longer your master. And I think for some of us walking in here today, sin has been our master for too long. And I believe that God wants to heal that today. So that's one thing we're going to work on cutting out. I want you to know that the, the, the things that I'm going to talk about, um, the, the things that we can do will help you cut these out. And will help you, get, uh, obviously God will cut them out, but it will help you put your focus on the right things. And again, the first thing we talk about is addiction. The next thing, we're going to ramp it up a little bit. Everybody good? Everybody okay? The next one is this. And it's one of those things that, 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 again, can deter you from following God, can deter you from the plan that God has for you. And it's this word, sensuality. Sensuality. I'll, I'll describe it in just a second what that means. But sensuality, it's, say, it's saying this. It's letting your senses call all of the shots. That's what sensuality is. Okay, so like, if it feels good, if it pleases me, then that's what I'm going to go after. All right? And the Bible would actually call it, in the King Jimmy version, come on somebody, 
go back to the King James Version, would call that debauchery. I know that's a wild, funky word for church, right? But debauchery. And can I tell you something really quick? Again, sensuality, what it'll do is it'll come along and say, hey, your feelings, oh, you can trust those. Yeah, you feeling that? That's good. If that's who you are, then you got to just go and feel. Like, if you feel it, that's what you got to do. And then if if you feel it, that's just who you are. Go with it. And can I tell you something today, y'all? Is that okay? You can't trust your feelings. Okay? I'm going to be really honest. If I trusted my feelings... I would not be your pastor, and I would not be married to that woman right there. Hello? Everybody okay? If I follow my feelings, because there's days I don't feel like doing this. There's days I don't feel like being married. Can I be honest? I love you so much. I know, there's, I know the feeling. I hope the feeling is mutual. Like, like, I don't want to just have the microphone to say whatever anytime. Okay. Okay. I hope that, let's pray, we got some marriage counseling to go to together, okay, okay, we're both that way, right, right, okay, I want to make sure, I wanna make, if not, this whole portion of my sermon doesn't work, so if you, you know, okay, okay, so, so again, I, I think there's days that, 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 that there are feelings that we don't, we don't feel for each other, there are days that I don't feel like being a pastor, But here's the thing, you can't trust your feelings. We don't follow feelings, we follow truth. We follow conviction. And by the way, that's why some of the things that we put into our bodies help create this idea of saying, oh, I'll just do whatever I want to do, and I'll live senselessly. Even Ephesians 5, this is Paul talking again, writing to a church in Ephesus. He says, don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Another version says that that will actually lead to debauchery. That will actually live to you just dulling your senses and doing whatever you think is okay. But watch this. He says, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So in other words, we got to be very careful about what we even put into our physical bodies that may dull our senses. The Bible's telling us, hey, look, 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 look. Don't do that because ultimately it's going to lead to something that's going to be very toxic for your life. Ultimately, I heard this. I, I started out every week with a Boudreaux joke, so I figured, why not the last week of summer school throw a Boudreaux joke in there? Everybody good with that? Okay, so Boudreaux and Thibodeau, there's some guys from deep south Louisiana, and Boudreaux and Thibodeau, uh, again, not something I condone, I do not agree with it, but they was in the saloon all day drinking. All right, and instead of going out the door and turning right into the parking lot, they turned left and they headed down some railroad tracks. About 20 minutes, these guys are stumbling along, and Boudreaux looks over at Thibodeau and says, Hey, listen, this is the longest set of stairs I ever did climb my whole life. And then Thibodeau says, I don't mind the stairs. He said this back to to Boudreaux. I don't mind the stairs, but it's that low handrail that's giving me the devil. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay, sorry. It's funny. I don't care who you are right now. But listen to me. When our senses are dulled, guess what? We do some dumb things. When, 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 when we're following our senses, when we're living sensually, we're just doing whatever we're feeling, guess what? We can, do, we can find ourselves in some spots that literally get us physically and spiritually unhealthy. Yeah. And I'm challenging that today. Coming at you as your pastor, just saying, hey, listen, I'm going to plead with you today. Please, please, please do not follow your feelings. Feelings cannot be trusted. Watch this. Choices lead, feelings follow. Okay, so choices lead, feelings follow. 
So I, I choose today to continue to be married to this woman. You know why? Because I love her and I made a commitment between God and her. With God, with her. And so my feelings are going to follow that if I choose to continue to stay in that. i got, I got to work on it a little bit. There's going to be some things that happen. Okay, I'm, I'm going to choose to continue to say, you know what? I'm going to stay in this lane of where I'm at. What God has called me to, what God is moving in me, what God is speaking to me. Okay, I may not feel it on some days, but I'm going to choose to do that. I'm going to choose to be joyous. I'm going to choose to be life-giving. I'm going to choose to walk in this path that God has given me. And so I just want to challenge some of us today. Maybe you're living a little too much into the senses. we got to learn to cut that out. we got to learn to cut that out. The next one, and this, we're going to step it up one more time. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Sexual immorality. And I call it that because that's what the Bible calls it. Okay? So sexual immorality is literally the term that the Bible would use to describe anything. And again, I, I want to I kind of take a moment to describe some of that really quick. But, but again, I, I think a lot of times in church we may have heard about this, but we've never heard the heart behind it. Yeah. Right? We've always heard, don't do it. Yeah. But in reality, I think that there is a better... There's a better thing behind that. There's a better heart behind it because obviously God created it. So the, the, actually the, the Greek word for sexual immorality is actually pornea. It's where we get the, the uh, English word for pornography. Right? And we, we can kind of see that. Pornea means this. Every sexual encounter, sexual sin outside of a God-defined marriage between a man and a woman. Okay, that's, that's pornography. That's premarital sex. That is homosexuality, that's adultery, that's all sex outside of a marriage bond of a man and a woman. Okay? I'm going to call it what it is. And the question is, Dustin, why does that matter? Why does it matter? I'm following my senses, I'm kinda, it doesn't hurt anybody, it's not, messing, it's not messing anybody else's life up. And I think there's this guy named Paul that would have something to say about it as well. Again, he gives us a little bit of context. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he tells us about this thing called sexual immorality. And let me give you a little backstory to it. This part of the country at this time worshipped their little g-god through what they would call temple prostitution. So you would show up to church, just imagine, and again, how you worshipped was that you would have sexual encounters with a prostitute at the temple. And I, I, again, Paul's coming along saying, y'all, culture is telling you to do this. But maybe you don't know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. And I feel like that's a little bit what I'm trying to educate us today. Culture may say this to us, but I'm trying to educate us on what God has to say about this. And I want to challenge you with that. And Paul comes along and says, I got something I got to tell y'all. You obviously don't know. But 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. No, they were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. Watch what he says in verse 15. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually part of Christ? So here's the deal. God doesn't dwell in buildings. God doesn't dwell in, in just, just four walls of a church. No, no, no. He wants to dwell inside of you. That you are the church, and God, guys, listen, if you have Jesus on the inside of you, you have the Spirit of God living in you, and you're called to go out and make a difference for Jesus. And watch what he says. He said, hey, 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 don't you realize that your bodies are actually a part of Christ? That you are a part of Christ's family. Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Paul used the Greek word join right there to be permanently fused at the deepest level. And so when we are sexually immoral, listen to me, 
It's not just the act of sexuality itself. It's actually more than that. It's, it's, it's more than that. Which, by the way, I think that's just what the world would want us to think. That it's just the act. That it's just that. To think it's just an isolated event. No big deal. Doesn't matter. It's recreational. It was freeing. I wasn't uniting myself with anything. I don't even know her name. But listen to me. At the deepest level, it's deeper than just surface level like that. Is that sexual immorality, actually, the Bible would tell us that it is a, a sin even against our own bodies. Yeah. Even against his own physical body. So I'm challenging some of us with that today. Maybe you've been living a life that is that. And again, he, he goes on to say, never. Don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one with her body? For the scriptures say the two are united into one. That this is deeper than just surface level. That this is actually the physical that can affect the spiritual. I want us to see that. I want us to understand that. I I know that that, that's heavy, but I think we got to hear it. I think we got to know it. I think we got to realize it. And I think, again, I'm so glad you're at church today. You know why? Because I think that today is going to be healing and hope and freedom for some people in the room from maybe a past of sexual immorality. Now, say all of this to say, guess what? I've been there. That that I'm I'm being really honest with you. Can, Can we be a hot church, honest, open, transparent? About six of us, we can be honest, open, transparent. I've been there. I know what that looks like. I know what these these things of living my life up above look like. And again, how do we fix it? And I'm going to say this, you can't fix it on your own. That's what I like to say. Because guess what? I couldn't fix it on my own in my life. It became a, a workout regimen that I had to do. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, it says it like this. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should, watch this, I like this word right here, learn. Somebody say learn. learn. So we got to learn something. we got to cut some things out. we got to educate ourselves today, right? And then we got to step into the workout regimen that God has for us. This is what I'm going to challenge us with today, that in your life, if these, any of these things would, would physically describe maybe you or your past, I'm going to encourage you with three things that you've got to p- begin to do to put out in a workout regimen in your spiritual and physical life. And the first one is this, you've got to run. Somebody say run. run. You've got to run from it. You've got to run from it. Maybe again. You, like Here's the idea. You've got to physically remove yourself from the proximity of what, Dustin? What do I got to remove? My, whatever it is for you. Whatever the it is that's pulling you away from God, you got to remove yourself from that proximity. Maybe for some of you it's a relationship at work. There's a person at work where that relationship has just gotten a little bit too flirtatious and you are one step away from a da- very dangerous spot. Well, we work together. Here's my thing. Get a new job. That's the only, I can't, this is the only one in town. Move. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. This is tough. But I, it is not worth losing your soul, your other relationships, or anything else over. I promise you. It's not. I just got to tell you that. It isn't worth your soul, it isn't worth your life, and it's definitely not worth destroying your relationship with everybody else that's in your life over that thought of, boy, I wonder what that would be. That would be really good for my life. No, it wouldn't. Listen to me. No, it wouldn't. 
Listen, the grass is not always greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. And listen to me. If it's greener, trust me, the water bill is way higher than what you're paying right now. All right? I'm just going to tell you. Like, you, like let, let's, let's think about it for just a second, okay? And that's why you just got to decide, you know what? I got to get away from it. I got to run from it. I'm going to get my life focused on something different. Maybe for some of you in the room, you're in a dating relationship. And listen, you know it is pulling you away from God. You know that that relationship is dragging you away from God, not pushing you closer to God. Run from it. Listen to me. Get your phone out right now and text them and say, it's over. And tell them I told you to. All right? Blame it on me. I don't Listen, I, I'm saying that. You know why? Because I care about you. And that what you're doing physically sometimes has the ability to affect you spiritually. And man, when you're doing things like, listen to the places that you're going, situations you're putting yourself in, people that you are surrounding yourself with, again, you got to know, you know what, some of them you know are not good for you. you got to remove yourself from that situation. you got to do that. 1 Corinthians 6, he goes on to say, run from sexual uh, sin. I would just say run from sin in general. Like any kind of sin. Run from it. No other sin when he's talking about sexual sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price so you must honor God with your body. Has anybody been saved in this room? Has anybody been set free in this room? Well, guess what? You are not your own. You were bought with a price and Jesus' life was that price. So my challenge for us, you don't manage sin. You run from it. You don't pet sin. You run from it. Listen to me. Just trust me. I've been there. I've I've seen it where I tried to manage it. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to do better. And then you're in the same proximity as it. And when you're in the least vulnerable, most vulnerable spot of your life, you will go back into it. I'm just telling you, run from it. Don't say I'm working on it. Say I'm running from it. I've been there. I know what that's like. But you got to learn to run from it and turn your focus to God. The next thing you got to do, run. Next thing you got to do is old basketball move. You got to guard. You got to guard. You got to run from it. Then you got to guard your mind. That's what you got to do. You got to guard. Real practical. I hear people all the time talk about different music that they listen to or uh, movies that they watch or play that kind of video game. And they always say, and they've always said it, but like, you know, this idea, oh, it doesn't really bother me. And listen, that's the problem. Is that it doesn't really bother you. I'm, I'm going to, I'm so sorry that this is heavy today, but it's going to, I feel in my soul that there's some people that have been struggling with some stuff today. And you gotta, you got to have somebody have a, a tough brotherly love and just looks at you and says, listen to me. Listen, it doesn't bother you what those, those lyrics say. It doesn't bother you what that movie shows or says. It doesn't bother you what, what that video game does. And I'm just challenging you, maybe it should. Maybe it should. I was just one little boy one time. He had asked his mom if he could watch a movie. And the movie uh, was a rated R movie. And uh, he was like, oh, it's not that bad. It's like, like just that one basement scene. It's not going to be bad, Mom. I promise. It won't be awful. It's good. It's okay. Like, don't, don't, it's, it's going to be fine. Like, it's only just a few seconds. It won't be long. 
And uh, she agreed. She said, okay, you can watch the movie. And uh, what she did actually is what she went out and uh, sent them down to the basement to start watching this movie. And next thing you know, what happens is, is she said, well, I'll, I'll make you your favorite brownies too. I'm going to make you your favorite brownies. But I'm going to have a special ingredient this time. I'm going to have a special ingredient. So what she did, she went out there to their toy poodle uh, in the yard where the toy poodle happens to take a little bit of, you know, just a bathroom break. Took a little bit of that bathroom, just a little bit of it, put it inside of the brownie mix, made the brownies, made it to him, take it to the son, her son downstairs, said, son, I made you some brownies, but I got a special ingredient that's just a little bit in it, and it ain't going to affect much, but there's some dog doo-doo in your brownies right now. Listen to me. Come on, how many of y'all know a little bit of poop goes a long way? Come on, somebody. Just a little bit. I don't care. I ain't eating the brownies. Right? Listen to me. We're letting stuff in our body, even a little bit at a time, and we're wondering why we live the life that we live. And I just am calling it out of you today. I mean, God has something more for you. God has something better for you. Your eye, the Bible says, is a lamp that provides light for your body. Where your eye is healthy, when it's healthy, your whole body's filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body's filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. And you may be thinking, you know what, I'm losing the battle in my mind. You probably need to see what you're taking in through your eyes. You probably need to take inventory on what you're thinking through or listening to through your ears. And again, I'm not a legalistic guy, okay? I'm not a guy that says you've got to do all these rules for God to love you more. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, you know what? I think a lot of times our, our vision of God is cloudy or our, our hearing of God is muffled. You know why? Because there's a lot of crap in between us and God. I'm sorry for today, but we're going to just go after it together. Because I, I believe God has so much for you. And I'm so, I'm, I'm so passionate for you that, again, if you will just go all in with God, which we'll talk about in a second, like, man, if you will just run and guard your mind. Listen, watch what the Bible says, Romans 8, 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Listen, I want you living a spirit-filled life. I want your workplace to be spirit-filled. I want your house to be spirit-filled. That your places, wherever you might go, would look different. But listen to me, we can't look different if we're doing the same thing everybody else is doing. And I'm just going to challenge us with that. Run from it. Guard your mind. Last thing is, go. So run, guard, go. Run, guard, go. Somebody shout, go. 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 All in with Jesus. Like, here's the thing. I, I don't think God presents this idea in the Bible of just stop. Don't do that. Quit. Stop, 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 stop. Don't, don't, don't. Stop. Stop now. Go, go home. Like, try that. I don't think that's what God is saying. I think for me, what God is, is saying is, is that God doesn't just tell us what not to do. He does say, hey, there's some things that you should not do. I'm giving you this list. Come on. Don't do these. I mean, be, be, like, you need to be aware of this. But what I think God does is not just give us a list of things that we shouldn't do, but gives us a relationship with Him to know what not to do and to know that that relationship is a better alternative. Right? Here's the thing I think about. Sin loses its attractiveness whenever you find something else better. Some of y'all, you got your toe in. Some of y'all, you got your hand in. 
Some of y'all got one out of seven days in, right? God can have my Sunday, but he's not coming into the rest of my life. And I just want to just help you today and challenge you. Go all in with Jesus. Go all in with him. Like, don't just, don't just kind of halfway do it. No, no, no. Go all in with Jesus. As we read at the beginning, you know what? Don't let anything control you. Don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. But instead, hey, hey, here's a better way. Don't, don't, don't do that. But here's the, the heart behind it. Because you can give yourself completely to God. Like completely to God. Again, I think that that's something so important for us to all do. That again, you've got to get your eyes on something bigger than the thing that is in front of you right now. Than the sin that's easily like just wrapping you up, has that chain attached to your back. Listen, I don't know about you, but I've been in that situation where, man, I've been attached and tethered to the sin that was in my life. And no matter what I did, no matter how far I, I would go, it was like it was pulling me back. It's like it's holding me hostage almost. And I just want to tell you the way that you solve that, the way that you, the way that you change that is not anything that really that you can do. Yes, there's some practical things that you can do, but it starts with you running, guarding, and going. Going all in with God. Listen to me. Next week is Baptism Sunday. Right? There's some of you that have professed Jesus many years ago, but you haven't told anybody else about it. Next Sunday is a great place to say, you know what? I'm letting hundreds of people know that Jesus is on the inside of me. And guess what? We're going to help keep you accountable in that. I need people to help keep me accountable. Like, that's what we're going to do together. We're going to help cheer you on and say, man, you know Jesus. We love that. Come on. Let's keep going after him. Let's keep running after him. Let's keep guarding our minds. Come on, I'm with you. We're all in with you. And I just think for some of us, we've tiptoed around it for so long. And I just want to challenge you today, man. You want to get free in your life? Go all in with Jesus. Again, today is next. You want to learn how you're gifted just like our kids did this week at PK Conference? Go to Nexus afternoon after the second experience. Please stay around. We'll feed you. But more than that, you're going to discover, okay, I've got a purpose that God knows me, knows my name, gave me a gift inside of me that he wants to use for his glory. And I'm just going to challenge you. Don't, let's not tiptoe anymore. Summer is always a time when we take a step back, it seems like, and I'm challenging us to run in to lean in, to go after God together and watch as Jesus gets glory for all of it. I love 1 Corinthians 9, 25. All athletes are disciplined in their training of their body. Yeah, that's good. They do it to win a prize that is going to fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So guess what? I got my eyes on something better. Watch. I run with purpose in every step. That my steps in front of me may be jumbled up, they may be up, but my eyes are on something bigger and better, and his name is Jesus. And maybe for some of you, you need to go all in with him today. I'm going to challenge you with that today. It's all to come.